This is exactly right. Welcome to I Said No Gifts, uh, the only podcast that respects you as a person. I'm Bridger Weiniger. We're in the backyard. We're in the backyard more and more, and it's always so lovely. Uh, I will say, last night I, uh, I entered the backyard after dark and saw an animal kind of dash across the yard, so I went back in the house, and this morning... Uh, the results of what that animal was doing uh, were revealed. A bird had been absolutely ripped to shreds. The most brutal act of nature I have ever seen. Uh, and I hate to bring that up, but I, I guess I need to bring it up because it happened to me and I want to burden you with my little, uh, my gory morning. Uh, but let's move beyond the death of a bird and let's talk to our guest. I think our guest is fantastic. It's Adam Conover. Adam. Thank you so much for having me, Bridget. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm really thrilled to be in your backyard. What kind of bird was destroyed? It is you impossible to, to say. It. I'm sorry. Nope. It's impossible to say. It, the, I'm not exaggerating. When this was the goriest thing I've ever seen. Wow. If this had happened to a human being, <laughs> none of us would ever leave our houses again. It would dominate the news cycle. Yeah. It was... I, I don't know what the predator's goal even was with the bird because it yeah. didn't look like the bird had been eaten. Yeah. I can tell you what it was. I'm an avid bird watcher, first of all. Do you... I don't know what kind of bird it was. Okay. But Neither I can tell I. you what killed the bird. What? A cat. You think it was a cat? Yeah. Yeah, it's cats. It's uh, Cats are, you know, instinctive hunters. They hunt for sport, not just because they're hungry. Right. And people have outdoor cats. And when they do, those cats kill birds every day. They spend, when they're outside, <laughs> they spend their entire time Hunting and killing birds, which is bad because, first of all, you know, the cats shouldn't be outside. To begin with, cats have terrible sure, lives when sure, they live sure. outside. Um, they, they get maimed and et cetera. It's very bad for them. They're also an invasive species. They're not native to this area. Right. And they kill, uh, outdoor cats kill a total of, I think, 2 billion songbirds every year <laughs> in just the United States, I believe. Um, How many songbirds are there in total? A, a lot, but less all the time. In fact, over the last... 40 years or so, North America has lost a third of all of its birds. Did you know this? Two cats? Two, well, in two things in general okay. to habitat loss uh, right, and climate right, change. Right. But the fact that we introduced a bird predator oh that now lives in the country to the tune of tens of millions of cats, right. which we actually keep alive by, oh, look at your poor little cat. Let's put out some milk for him, right? We're actually keeping alive this predator that shouldn't be here <laughs> is uh, is terrible, you know? Uh, so, that's, so that's what killed the cat 100%. Wow. 
You really think so? I I assumed it was a raccoon. Do raccoons ever rip birds to shreds? I don't believe so. I mean, I'm not an expert in raccoons or the other fauna of Los Angeles, but I, most of them are trash eaters. Raccoons, right. possums, skunks, they all go for your garbage, you know? Right. Now, some right. of them might— they, they would I, I wouldn't say they would never eat a bird, but I but birds are fast and those are all pretty slow. Yeah, raccoons are kind of tottering around. Is yeah, tottering a word. Tottering, yeah, they're toddling, tottering. Yeah. yeah, they're drunk, is what they are. <laughs> there are two neighborhood cats who I adore. I love seeing them, but now uh-huh. I'm. Yeah, it's kind of one now of these you know like the, the killer next them. door situation. <laughs> yeah, it's like I yes. thought he was so nice. He was so quiet. Yeah, always just kind of wandering around. Mm-hmm. And now, so that may be what happened. Yeah, it is. I guarantee you 100% that's the what The bird happens. was, and listener, I, don't, I apologize. Don't, don't try to hide in probability. The bird decapitated. Yeah. Yes. Where was its head? Nearby? It was all over the place. <laughs> I I had to pick it up with a shovel, yeah. and I, I had to look away. I actually had to look away. It, I, nothing like this has ever happened to me before. And the poor listener is just like, I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted something nice. I, do you know what I think happened? We're recording on July 5th currently. Mm-hmm. Last night, the fireworks. Right. Never ending. I yeah. think they may have driven the local wildlife to insanity. Could be. Because this was a this was depraved. This wasn't just like a Sylvester the cat swallowing a bird. Yeah. This was something else. Yeah. This was cult-like. They were driven to viciousness. Yes. It very well could be. I mean, what what could the effect be of all of that smoke in the air and the sounds? Right. And these sensitive animals, you know. Right. But this is what this is what cats. Do. Do you own cats? No. no. Can you tell? <laughs> Not a fan. Of well, cats. but I could imagine you being a uh, responsible indoor cat owner. I, I have no problem with indoor cats. Absolutely. Right. No cat should ever be outdoors, nor should we be supporting the living of cats outdoors in, in any right. way. Um, I, I'm sorry to come in with a strong take, <laughs> but I do have it. We can talk about something else if you like. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about this. It's fascinating to me because I, as much as I love our two neighborhood cats, I'm worried about them constantly. Mm-hmm. They're going to get hit by a car. Yeah. They're obviously, they're, they're a danger to our birds, mm-hmm. and uh, they make me nervous. I yeah. feel like I'm going to run one of them over, and then I'm going to live with the guilt. Yeah, absolutely you are. And by, and by the way, the cat is, when they're outside, they inevitably, like, start losing eyes. You know what right. I mean? They lose limbs and stuff. Getting in fights. Yeah. Spreading disease. It's no, yeah, exactly. They spread uh, feline AIDS and all these right. other diseases. Right. Um, and But there's this weird problem Okay, let me just get to the root of the issue, okay? So with all other animals, when there's an infestation of an animal that shouldn't be living in a place where the animals are miserable and also it's hurting the place, we send animal control and we deal with it in a way that is hopefully humane but takes care of the problem, right? right? With cats, we don't socially allow that to happen because people love the cats and they say, so when there's a cat colony and I used to live in New York and there were, I, I lived in a block where there were, there was, you know, 50 cats in my backyard, you know? And- this is a thing that simply should be dealt with, you know? Right, right. But people love cats, and they say, no, it's such a sweet little kitty. No, <laughs> no, we need to help them and bring out food for them and stuff like that. And so there will be a social movement to, like, save a colony right. of miserable cats that's killing birds. The cats are sick. They're dying. They're spreading disease. You know what I mean? And, like, our love for the animal, which is a wonderful thing about people that we love the animal so much, gets in the way of us actually caring for the animal's welfare and all of the other, the rest Creates of the environment problems for the animal. Yeah. Let me ask you, though, in New York, I mean, obviously rats are also a problem. That's right. a theme on this podcast. But uh, 
so, so no one does that for rats, right? No one says, hey, there's, there's, we found out there's a hundred rats under this building. No one's like, <laughs> no, no, we can't do anything about the rats. No, we need to put out cheese for them. No one does that. Right? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's, a, there's somebody for everybody. <laughs> sure. Uh, and rats make wonderful pets, you know, if you domestic, if you, sure. if you have them, you raise, if you right. hand raise them. And so certainly there are probably some rat lovers out there, but right. not nearly as many. But I mean, so this cat colony that you were living near in New York, were they helping fix the rat problem, though? I don't. I mean, the, I think that they will catch rats, but right. they won't eradicate an amount of rats. Mm-hmm. You know, this was uh, we, we didn't have a problem with an infestation of rats in the area. We did have a problem with an infestation of cats. There were well, fifty cats. There were fifty I mean, cats what, living in my backyard. What you're saying you had all these <laughs> cats, but no rats. Right, but I, but I actually would. Pr- and now my own bias is showing. I prefer the rats <laughs> to the cats. Wow. Oh, <laughs> you've revealed a horrible truth. <laughs> the rats are smaller. They live in crawl spaces. You don't see them as often. They chew through your walls. <laughs> they have revolting tails. Uh, Adam, 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 what I'm hearing here is devastating. Now, as far as other invasive species in Los Angeles, what do you think of? Is the, the opossum? Invasive, or is that? I don't know, actually. Okay. I, I'm not sure if the possum is invasive. That's a really I mean, good it, question. For me, I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to see it run over. I don't need to see it on top of my fence. It is invasive. You Anna gave a thumbs up. Revealing. You looked it up, and it's an invasive species. Most places. So In who Los introduced Angeles? the Probably. possum to Los Angeles? I don't know. I mean. How does that happen? Sometimes these things happen. Here's, here's an interesting fact about invasive, and again, avid bird watcher. Right. You know, there's there's parakeets around Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, I was I was bookmarking my brain. I need you to get yeah. into this as soon as I possible. I believe they're called red-crowned parakeets. I'm okay. not sure. Um, I don't remember the exact species, but there's a particular species of parakeet slash parrot, which lives, there's a lot of in Pasadena, right. but even where I live in Los Feliz, you'll see them flying around squawking. I have them fly over the, the green ones, right? Yeah, they're green, exactly. Yes. Um, and they're, I think they're a lot of fun. People like them. Uh, what's interesting is, this is actually, Los Angeles is the place where there are most of them in the world, okay. the largest concentration of the parakeet. They come from Mexico, but in Mexico, they're actually endangered because of habitat loss and et cetera in their right. home range. And they are now more populous in Los Angeles than they were in their original location in Mexico. Um, and they only, they the reason they are here is because of released pets. Okay, so yeah, the uh, origin story I've been told about these parrots flying around to Los Angeles, and you, can, you might know the answer to this, is that there was, a, in the 30s, a pet store... <laughs> I mean, just saying this out loud, I'm like, oh, this is not true. Uh, a pet store caught fire, and these parakeets were released and have now. <laughs> I don't think anything needs to catch fire. I mean, it's very possible. So, look, without looking at, without me understanding the actual history of this, yes. right? The truth about most stories like this is there's usually a grain of truth to, the truth to them. So, my guess would, this is just off the top of my head. Right. Probably there was a pet store. Probably a pet store did catch fire. Unlikely that that is the only reason that <laughs> we have these parrots. Because people just, like, release birds, you know? Right. Like, I got have, tired of the pet or it escaped yeah. or what have you. Look, fundamentally, humans, when they bring animals from one place to another, that animal will usually just become feral and get loose. Right. right? Um, I, I, and it's odd. That, here's the interesting thing. I just want to go back to cats for one second, though. Because mm-hmm. we do this with cats. In the United States, we do not have this problem with dogs. 
right? You go right. to many other pla- countries that there are dogs all over the place. Exactly. And that's the original form of the dog. Right. Like when you go to another country and you know, I've been to India, this is the case. You go to places in the Caribbean, there'll be dogs that are just wandering around. They eat trash. Right. right. That's what dogs were. Like dogs are wolves that said, oh, here's a form source of food. We can just hang around and eat mm-hmm. the food. Right. And then they get closer and closer. And we didn't domesticate them. They just, they're like pigeons. They like found an opportunity to get free food right. by hanging around human and settlements. slowly just yeah. got trapped. But in the United States, remember, like, when I was a kid, I used to see, uh, like, like comic strips or, like, TV shows from the 50s where there'd be a dog catcher. Remember? But, like, there'd be sort of, oh, no, oh, the yeah, dog catcher's coming. Of course. I, I right? mean, maybe my favorite job title. Right. Exactly. But I remember thinking, wait, I don't see any dog catchers in real life. And that's because in America, we got rid of all the wild, feral dogs. Right. We—, we controlled the problem, yes. you know, and, and it's better for the dogs, it's better for us, and we refuse to do this with cats. Interesting. I mean, I will Round say, them all up in a big net. That's <laughs> what we should do. We love the big net to catch the animals. <laughs> uh, I will say, growing up, we did, and I think it was just animal control, but there was a local person, her son went to school, elementary school with me, and he was absolutely terrible, Brian, uh, but his mom was the local dog catcher. Mm. And we would call her the dog catcher, and she would go around catching dogs. Yeah. Uh, but I, she must have been animal control. I think yeah, that, that's that what we call animal it. control fell under the title. Dog catcher was probably just more fun to say. Yeah. But uh, I do, I mean, I feel like we do need to get dog catchers back on the government payroll. I agree. Just to say they still exist. Yeah. It's a very uh, charming... And we need to say they're dog and cat catchers. Yeah. That's what I believe. <laughs> they also need to catch cats. But cats are too sly. They're too smart. <laughs> and they, they refuse to be caught. While dogs will, you know, they'll go after... Well, actually, the cats are going after those uh, fish skeletons. I don't think the dogs are going after those. There's this thing that they do now also called... And I'm sorry to go so deep on this. I'm happy but, to go deep on But whenever I talk this. about this, people bring this up to me because they say, Adam, what about trap, neuter, release? Have you heard about trap neuter oh, release? Oh, oh, interesting. So this is what they this is the bargain that some animal control departments have made with the cat lovers. Right. They say instead of trapping the cats and then, you know, humanely putting down a, a miserable animal or, you know, just sort of keeping it inside for a while until it passes away, people say, no, the cat must live outside. So what they do is they trap the cat, they neuter it right. so that it can no longer reproduce, right. and then they release it again to continue to live a miserable, horrible <laughs> life on the street and kill birds. Right? Um, and people will say that this is a solution. Unfortunately, it is not because it is, first of all, so expensive. Think about this. Not only trap the cat, then do major surgery on the cat. Let This is a feral cat that hates you. Right. right. That's trying to kill you every moment you have it. Do major surgery to it and then release it, right, back to, to go be a monster in right. the community. Not again. rehabilitated in yeah. any way. No, just release it again. So first of all, this is very expensive to do. Um, but second of all, it doesn't actually work to control cat populations. Like when when, when they have tested this, cat, the cat population, the idea is, okay, if we stop them from breeding. Right, of course. We'll have, eventually the colony will die out. Have and the it cats does not found another work. way? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just so, I think it just takes so long to do and there's so much effort involved. Like if you've got literally 200 cats and you're like, we need to trap and neuter and release 200 cats, it like is unworkable compared to just getting a big net, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and uh and and again being being humane but also you know, nipping a problem in the bucket. Right, kind know. of using a bucket to, like, uh, empty out the Titanic, essentially. Mm-hmm. The water's just going to keep flowing in. Yes. Okay, so what's your alternative, then? Just catch, <sighs> catch, catch? I, I, you've come here with a lot of problems, a lot of complaints, but... <laughs> 
I'm not hearing a lot of solutions. Yeah. Um, I am a person when it comes to animals. That now, now, see, now you've now you've drawn me into controversy. Right? <laughs> well, that was the entire plan, and I walked myself right into that, it. To this be isn't going to be the only controversy. People are going to dislike me for saying this, <laughs> and I apologize. But my feeling is with animals, even when we love them very much, there comes a time when the best thing to do for an animal is to humanely put the animal down. Oh wow, that is controversial. That's that. Don't, that's what don't I don't like to hear. That you don't. You don't uh, like. None the, of us like to hear. You could keep. You could perhaps keep the cat inside. Right. You know, keep it in a keep it in a contained area and keep it. That's fine with me too. If you wish to do this, I'm not like against. No kill shelters right, or things right. like that. Like that's that's a wonderful thing to do. Sure, but I think if you really want to reduce, I take a practical approach to it when it comes to animals. It, if you want to reduce the amount of total misery that animals are being suffered, sometimes right. the best way to do that is to say instead of letting these cats stay outside and breed forever and and create more misery for themselves and for other animals, uh-huh. let's just if we just put down ten cats, we won't be dealing with a thousand cats. Right, you know that are that are unfortunately suffering on the streets. That's my view. And if people want to argue with me, they can. But that is, and, and I and I respect people who view, who feel otherwise. Of course, of course. Um, and listener, I don't know what your opinion is, but I'm on your side with this one. I uh, I'm not going to. So take am a... I. Actually, <laughs> don't be mad at me. Tear I didn't want to say down. this. <laughs> no, look, that I mean, that does feel like a realistic, practical approach to a problem. Yeah. I have no answers. Uh, <laughs> I'm letting the cats run wild through the neighborhood. I'm supporting them. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very wishy-washy, and I'm probably mm-hmm. part of the problem with everything. So, but I mean, look, we uh, we got at least a, kind of a solution. Yeah, but we've got to talk about another big problem, Please. another huge issue for me personally, and the listener is probably sweating just thinking about it right now. You agreed to be on this podcast. I can't remember when. It doesn't that was matter. Like two months ago, or something. Time that was a while is ago. an illusion. Yeah, it could have been twenty seconds ago, for all I know. Uh the podcast is called I Said No Gifts. And I mm-hmm. thought, Adam is fantastic. He'll come on. He'll, I'm sure he'll do some sort of deep dive into something. I didn't realize it was going to be about, you know, my neighborhood cats. Uh, <laughs> but I thought we'll have a good time. Uh, you were aware that the podcast was called I Said No Gifts. Yeah. I made clear with Annalise, our producer, that Adam knew. We, you know, we. I felt like everything was above board. So I was a little surprised when you sauntered into my backyard, uh, looking proud as a, I don't know, uh, I don't know what proud as something, mm-hmm. holding what is clearly a gift. <laughs> well, I just, you know, look, I was a little bit scattered today. Okay. And, you know, my publicist arranged this and I mm, didn't know. Here comes the blame game. I didn't know. Mm. I, was, I wasn't really sure. I was, yeah, was going to go do Bridge, Bridger's podcast. I knew you, of course, but I don't look at the, everyone's got a funny name for their podcast. I don't really look. <laughs> sure. But I was, however, raised with manners. Okay. So I, of course, brought a gift because I was coming to your home. Right. And uh, felt that it was, you know, incumbent upon me. And then only when I was in the lift on the way here, did I look at the invite and see the name of the podcast and say, oh, I worry I've committed a, a faux pas. But then also, I don't know you, I don't know your background in some cultures. 
when someone says, please, no, that's the invitation for you to actually say, no, I insist. Right. Interesting. So in that okay. case, I was like, I'll, I'll, instead of just giving my, my gift to the Lyft driver, which <laughs> I, I was like, you know what? I think this might be a situation where I said, I brought a gift. No, please, no gifts. No, I insist. And then that's the polite little dance that we do. Okay. So it looks like you've kind of just washed yourself of all blame. You obviously pay a publicist to just be a target for you, <laughs> um, which is fine. Everybody does their own thing. And this idea of giving a Lyft driver a, a random gift is an interesting new thing. And I mean, I'm, they need the money. They're I'm making less than minimum it. wage. You know? Yeah, exactly. Not, uh, they're working for companies who are not quite fair to mm-hmm. who they are. We might get into that later, but uh, right now, should I open this gift on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to. I would be delighted if you would. Okay, so it's in kind of a kind of a a bag I'm familiar with, a blue kind of thick fabric with a ribbon, and we're gonna. Why are you familiar with this bag? I, I I've seen this bag delivered to me. Uh, it, other gifts have come in this bag. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell I'll tell you where the bag came from. Do you want to know? Yeah, I would love to know. This is a uh, regifted bag. It didn't come with oh, the gift inside, but okay. you know, I, I was raised by uh, thrifty folk, and so I was raised to reuse Mm -hmm. uh, packaging. And so this was a gift that came. Uh, this is this is Amazon. This is an gift Amazon bag. bag. Yeah, that came from my father. Gave me a gift for Christmas, and he does a thing which I don't do, but he orders things direct on Amazon and clicks gift wrap. Gift which in Amazon's case, right. they put it in a bag. Comes in this kind of hearty, thick. What yeah. did your dad give you in this bag? What was I the initial? I don't remember. Oh, actually. your poor, your father's heart is breaking. <laughs> oh, he, your do, poor he orders everything. Old dad. Just two days before Christmas, he does every. He just. <laughs> gets a whole lot of Amazon Prime stuff, panics at 1 a.m. Just, right. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's see what's happening in here right now. I'm going to, we're uh, undoing the ribbon. We're opening, we're opening, reaching in. Okay, and, okay, so what's, what is? There's a little, inter, in, okay, there's there's a, a, just open the, in, open that Yeah, there's a plastic bag, bag that uh, doesn't indicate what we're looking at yet. So there we're you gonna, go, that's all you need. Find just out. And, okay, so now it's uh, it, there is no English on this box whatsoever. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Well, there's a little image on the front that looks like maybe water is spraying out of it or something. Yeah. Do you recognize this name on the Toto? Top? Toto. Yes. Do you recognize that brand? I recognize this as a, a band. Sure, there's the band Toto. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to assume I've seen Toto before as a brand. Yeah, you you might have seen it on us on an appliance that's in many people's homes. You might have seen it on a toilet specifically. Oh, this is of course, a, yes. This is a toilet brand. Does that help you at all figure out what this is? Is this some sort of bidet? Yes, this is a <laughs> this is a travel bidet. A travel bidet. Yeah, I've never heard of a travel bidet. Yeah, it's an electric travel bidet. <laughs> it can be charged. And uh, you bring it in your purse or whatever bag you may have. Right. And you, as you see on the side here, it's got a little picture of uh, there's some, a travel. Someone if you're traveling, flying, yeah, someone, right. someone with a uh, with a, a rollerboard, and so they're on a plane. Or this might be useful. There's someone with a wheelchair. If you uh, if you're a wheelchair user, it might be useful. Uh, but day in that case, or someone with a baby, you could spray that on your baby's butt. <laughs> 
and uh, it sort of like retracts, and you know, it's got a little button there. And I'm actually not sure how you charge it, um, but well, I mean, we'll find out, I suppose. So you can kind of just throw this in your carry on, whip it out on the plane. Yeah. And if you see someone going to the airplane bathroom with one of those, now you know what it is. You- <laughs> If I see somebody going uh, to the airplane bathroom holding this, I'm moving seats. <laughs> I, how did this come into your life? <laughs> okay. This is as well a re-gift. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Uh, to this day, no one has ever re-gifted on this podcast. This is the first. This is no the way. That's first. unbelievable. I, I don't believe that at all. Believe what you want to believe. Uh, well, this was not a gift for me, actually. I went to, uh, my girlfriend and I were shopping for new toilets. Okay. And we went to the Toto showroom. So Toto famously <laughs> makes very high-quality toilets. Okay. And then they also make bidet attachments for the toilets, right. like toilet seats that you sit on. And... You know, we have a, uh, our home has very poor quality toilets in it. And uh, I said, you know what? Let's go to the Toto showroom to see the toilets. Um, now, the interesting thing about the Toto showroom, it's in West Hollywood. Okay. And uh, there's only one guy who works there. So when we got there, we had made an appointment and we got there in his clothes and he texted us. I'm, I'm 15 minutes away. Just wait out front. And so we're <laughs> waiting for this guy to come and he unlocks the door and we go in and they have a whole, they have all the the Toto toilets all arrayed in a line. Right. But before you go, when we called to make the appointment, he was like, okay, you know we don't sell the toilets here, right? And I was like, yeah, no, I looked it up on the internet before I made this appointment. I'm aware you don't sell the toilets at the Toto showroom. <laughs> this, is, this, this place is strictly, it's not a Toto dealership. Okay. You have to go to a separate dealership. This is just a dealership. showroom. Yeah, this is just a showroom. Where <laughs> they have this them is- out in the parking lot. Yeah, this is just to this is just to demonstrate the toilets to you. And so we went to this place so that we could see the entire range of Toto toilets and compare. How many toilets are in the showroom? They probably have about 20 toilets. Okay. And there's different combinations of like there's the base toilet, there's the actual ceramic right. part of the bowl, and then there's the the washlet attachment, which is the part that sprays water up your butt. The, okay, the, right, right. The seat and the the bidet part. And so we went in order to look at all the different models and sort of say which one we want. And then later, we haven't done this yet because we got lazy, but later we'll call a bathroom, you know, installer. Toilet salesman. Hey, we want a Toto model XD135 with this attachment. Okay, right. But you go to this place. So for mostly we went because it's funny. I was very tickled by the idea. I've only ever really heard of a piano showroom. Yeah. So I'm picturing that, but with toilets. Yes, and it's, but since you can't buy them, it's really more of a toilet museum. (laughs) And you can also go see, by the way, they have some toilets in there that are like $20,000. Oh my, what's happening with a $20,000 toilet? Well, it's mostly very, (laughs) it looks like an egg. And there's no tank, like the tank's in the wall. Okay, And you walk up to it and the seat opens automatically and it plays a little song. And that's basically it. I honestly don't know. The other one, the cheaper ones do that too. It's just, this one is, if you're so rich that you're like, well, I might as well get the most expensive one. Right, right. You know? It looks like an egg. It looks like an egg, yeah. Like, imagine an egg lengthwise attached to the side of your wall, and then the top of the egg goes up, and you can poop in it. That's the most expensive toilet. And by the way, the the guy, the the man who showed us the, the toilets was like, there's no reason to get this. Don't. <laughs> he said, the, the people who buy this are crazy. There's, of course. <laughs> I mean, no. when you say a $20,000 toilet, I just pictured the person like five years into the future, and they've lost everything. And they're looking at that <laughs> toilet thinking... 
if I only I had not made choices like buying a $20,000 toilet. They're like, this is all I have left is the $20,000 toilet. It? Can I fence the toilet? What do I do? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a real problem. No, this is the toilet that like Jeff Bezos buys where he's like, right. you know, sometimes in, in your life, you'll have a situation where you're like, which, which one should I get? I'll just get the most expensive one. The most expensive one's 10 bucks. Why save? It must you be know? better. It must be better. I'll just get that one. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a billion dollars, you might do that. Like, do I want the $2,000 toilet or the $20,000 toilet? Yeah, I'm only I, I only got I only got three toilets in my house. Get three of the twenty thousand dollar ones. You know, what's the big deal? I'm Jeff Bezos, right? But know? I feel like even at that level, now the assistants are buying the toilets, and the assistant never feels empowered enough to buy the twenty thousand dollar toilet. Probably not. So I'm trying to imagine the person that has that much money who is still doing their own toilet shopping. <laughs> that person is it's a very it's a rare These breed. These people don't go to the showroom. You're right. Bezos doesn't go to the show the right. showroom in West Hollywood. No, he's not going there. We're talking about a toilet enthusiast yeah. at that point. Yeah. So, so let me tell you, the reason I got this travel bidet was because we were, uh, the guy was late by 15 minutes. At the end, he was like, tell you what, let me do something for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got, here's two Toto travel bidets. And he was like, these are, these are a hundred dollar value each. That's, that's what he told me. And I was like, all right, thank you, sir. Um, it will ruin you socially, but it is a hundred dollar value. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't take it to your friend's party. But I'm oh. going to use it. Do you have a bidet? No? Okay. Luckily, I came prepared. I've got one in my purse. I mean, we could probably sp- you could probably spray someone in the eye with this. Yeah, Look, this feels l- like at least for a water fight or something. This feels like, or a self-defense. It's got a couple settings. One is three Japanese character. The other one is five Japanese character. And maybe that means like five feet. Maybe it sprays five feet. Somebody comes at you on the city bus and suddenly they're getting a face full yeah. of water. Uh wandering down a dark alley, this kind of thing. Do you think you'll like use this gift? I hope That's you do. That's a very personal question. <laughs> and uh, I don't think that, I think this is just going to have to be one of these things that we never quite know. Uh, I will say that it will, I'll continue to own it. Okay. And uh, maybe at some point, I something happens in my brain and I'm like, time to experiment. <laughs> will I be traveling with the bidet? Uh, I, maybe I need to go on a vacation where I've got to be at, clean as a whistle at all mm-hmm. times, uh, the bidet comes along. If you're really backpacking, you know, through, and you're getting dirty, you haven't showered right. in a couple oh, days. Not a bad idea. And then you really, you know, you're in another country and you're not adjusted to the food yet. That often right. happens because you're just, it's a different kind of dietary environment and you're like, oof, it's going to be a really bad one. You might be really happy you had this. Right. So maybe it's a thing that I never even open. Well, I'll open the box so I can demonstrate on Instagram or whatever, but maybe it goes back in the box and then gets thrown into my lug- my uh, luggage whenever I go somewhere yeah. just in case. Well, you want to learn to use this before the trip. That's true because you don't, you don't even know how to charge it. You don't want to be in the airplane bathroom <laughs> covered <laughs> In your own filth. Calling the pilot to help me. <laughs> Trying to figure out, how do you get this thing to work? <laughs> you want to know. People hear me screaming and crying and uh, just begging anyone in, with an earshot to get this thing going for me. Yeah, so maybe I need, I do need to just sit home one Monday, quiet Monday night, and teach myself how to use the travel bidet. Yeah. Kind of become an expert. And then I can be the person on the plane when I hear somebody else struggling. I can say, I can knock and say... I know I've been through this. I can walk you through it. Uh, bend over. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I'm still curious about this appointment-only toilet showroom. Yeah. So you go there. 
are you sitting on the toilets as the salesman is go- what's ha- what is the actual experience there? Um, you, I mean, he shows you the models and the different prices. Most of the toilets, in fact, none of the ones in the actual showroom are hooked up to plumbing. Okay. Um, but you can see the features. For instance, some of them have an auto lifting lid. Right. And they say, hello, Bridger. They, they don't <laughs> I really don't do that. I don't want it talking they, to they me They play ever. a little song. They play a little song. <laughs> uh, and they, and, and you can see specifically, for instance, um, one of the things is some of the toilets have multiple Flush amounts. They've got a pee flush and a oh, poo flush. Oh, I'm right? always soaking. Whenever I see one of these toilets, there's always two buttons, and I never know which one to push. One's for pee, one's for poo. Um, but it doesn't. It the toilet is always yeah. so subtle it's about it. One water like, well, droplet like, or two water droplets, right. and you're like, it's a little difficult. But so you can see, for instance, that kind of toilet has a different bowl shape, and you can see what that looks like. Um, and you can sit on them. You can test out the butt heating feature. But then in the actual bathroom of the showroom, they have one of the $20,000 toilets. And <laughs> did so, you use it? Yes, I did. Because we were there for 45 minutes. I had to pee. <laughs> I had to pee when I came here. I'm going to pee again before I leave. I pee a lot. So I encourage peeing and I encourage drinking. We've got to stay <laughs> hydrated and we've got to stay uh, peeless. Yeah. We've got to empty the bladder. We don't want UTIs. <laughs> Listener, if you need to pee, take a minute. Go to the bathroom. Uh, you don't want too much urine in your body at any time. Uh, okay, so you did go use the $20,000 toilet. Yeah. Did it feel like a $20,000 toilet? It was not worth the money. Okay. I'm, I can't believe I bought it. It wasn't worth the money. <laughs> <laughs> what toilet did you end up settling on? There was one. I mean, I don't remember the model number, but they have sort of a, it's it's a very mid middle of the range. Okay. Toto toilets are kind of nice. They're sort of small. They're very aesthetic. Okay. Is but it a do, white toilet? It's a white toilet. Okay. Although they do have a... They have a number of colors. They've got like pure white. They've got bone. They've got cream. Then they've got a black toilet. Black if you toilet's want. always a mystery. You know no. that something's going on in that person's life. Yeah, it's it's like first of all, you got to have a very specific decor in your home to have a black toilet match. And secondly, kind it's, of a beach cottage. <laughs> oh, really? That's what you would say. <laughs> yeah. I would say Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is, no, is no, a no. black toilet. No, kind of a New England beachy or. Uh, oh wow! I, you know, I think that's a black toilet for wow, sure. Wow. Okay. Uh, I was thinking sort of like decadent Los Angeles <laughs> bachelor pad. <laughs> no, I. You know, like a I fur rug on the floor. The main purchasers of black toilets are grandmothers. Um, really. You know, quiet types who just like uh, some tea yeah. and a good book. I think you would think that it's interesting that they're normally white because you would think that. Well, you'd want a dark colored toilet so that you don't see what happens. But right. then maybe that's why you do want a white toilet is so that you can see. Right. So it doesn't you know when it's clean. I mean, build up. Yeah. You don't see the build up. A black toilet's an absolutely filthy object. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, no one ever takes a toilet brush to it. You're, you always look at it and go, yeah, it's fine. Right. And no one who owns a black toilet. I mean, that, the person's life is absolutely out of control. <laughs> uh, every surface of their home is filthy. Let's yeah. just be honest. They live basically in a filthy nightclub. Yeah. Uh, the, the decision to buy a black toilet, I mean, I support, you know, we're not going to toilet shame, but uh, I don't know that anyone should buy a black toilet. My parents in their house have, and they, they didn't install this, it's just there, but there's a gray toilet. Oh, which that's is, a sad toilet. It's really, it's Who's, really weird. It's a prison toilet. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's really strange. Gray like Yeah, like a smoky gray. <laughs> it's really what? weird. And I, I I don't know the people who owned the home before then. They right. only moved into this place a few years ago. But uh it's a it's got their their home has a lot of weird accessories that was installed by I think kind of an eccentric person. And right. so I guess he wanted um 
Uh, he wanted a gray toilet. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Now, what do you think? I've heard this might be another thing that might just be a complete myth, but people who like go to Canada to buy toilets, is that a real thing where I've it's like never heard of this. The water pressure, like I guess they're like in within the United States, water pressure in toilets is regulated. And so if you go to Canada or whatever, you can get a toilet that really rips and roars. Well, in I mean, I hope people aren't doing this. Here in Los Angeles and in California, more broadly, we have you know, limits on the on the amount of water that can be flushed. Right. And I believe it's limited in L.A. to something like 1.3 gallons, but a standard toilet might have one gallon. And these Toto toilets, they have some that'll flush with 0.8 gallons, which is a benefit if you are wanting to save water when you pee right. and you're not wanting to do, if it's yellow, let it mellow, right? right. <laughs> so you can, you can save water that way. Um, whereas an old fashioned toilet might use like three gallons of water on a flush. And like, we can't be having (laughs) waterfall in conditions of drought. Right. So, uh, there are limits and I would imagine now, how are those enforced? They're enforced when the home is built. Probably you can't sell toilets in California that have flushes over a certain amount. So yes, I suppose someone could get a foreign toilet. Right. An illegal toilet. Um, but I, 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 there's the thing is there's no benefit to this. Because they've right. improved toilet technology so they don't need as much water. It's a more efficient toilet. Yeah, and it's still flushing. Right. So there's no, there's no reason but to, I, to I'm, have I'm now this. thinking about like an industrial type toilet that you would see in a public space. Those do always feel, seem like they're <laughs> yeah, more powerful. Yeah. So maybe that's the sort of yeah. toilet we're talking about. Well, those were in, those were typically installed much earlier. Oh, in, interesting. You in like a public school or right. whatever, right? Like that's right. a toilet that was probably installed in like the sixties. Big lever on it. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. That has it's like forcing the water through. Full whirlpool. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, the illegal toilet trade. I'm not quite sure if that's <laughs> why, true why or not. Why would you want it? Imagine driving to Canada, and that's <laughs> the purpose of your vacation. <laughs> I mean, like a 12-hour, well, I mean, probably 18-hour drive, and you're thinking about a toilet the entire time. Efficient appliances are nothing but a boon for society in every way. They save you money. Mm-hmm. They save the environment. You know, like dishwashers have gotten much better washing machines, mm, all of right. them. You know, interesting. Now, yeah. this is not really so much an appliance, but I've recently become an electric toothbrush owner. Oh yeah, me too. What, what's your I feeling on it? I love electric. I love my electric toothbrush. I got one because I was. I realized, you know, the the whole point is the timing that when it times it times you on the yes. quadrants, and that's much better. And I was like, I'm getting older. I need to take care of my teeth. Right. And, and gums. And I and gums. Let's and not I did the gums. get. I have in the last couple of years, I now have a whole, I floss, I do my teeth. Right. It takes like 10 minutes. I, <laughs> I literally put on a podcast. So, because first I got to do my, my flossing and then my toothbrushing. But, um, so I do like a basic electric toothbrush. The electric toothbrushes have gotten out of control with, they've got Bluetooth and things. What in is them. the Bluetooth doing? Does nothing. It, Certainly. It, it connects to an app on your phone that okay. analyzes no, no, how no, well no, no, you no. brush your teeth and sends data back to Big Tooth. They're going to sell that, and your teeth are now in danger. Yeah. Your yeah. teeth's privacy. And my dentist tried to scam me into buying one of these. Oh, no. Because I, I went to the dentist, and I had to stop going to this dentist because I realized this dentist was upselling me. Oh, the, the worst. This was a fancy dentist in Larchmont area. And I I started going to this dentist because my girlfriend was having really bad dental problems and uh, with with a particular cavity that kept the filling kept falling out and she went to dentist after dentist and finally this dentist fixed it 
And we're like, okay, this guy, this guy is great. We'll both make the schlep out to Larchmont to go. And but this is a fancy dentist place. Right. As you do in Larchmont. They do cosmetic dentistry and stuff like that. Um, and so we but we had been going there for a couple of years, and then suddenly we go and we we sit there. And we, me and Lisa, my girlfriend, both go on the same day. We okay. have appointments one after another. And so I go and I sit down and they have a new dental hygienist. And the dental hygienist, previously when they had done the dental hy- hygiene for me, they're like, all right, yeah, we blasted yourself. Okay, we cleaned it all out. And then, oh, your teeth look good. No problem. This time I go down, I go there. I sit at the dental hygienist, new lady, had not seen her before at this office. And she says, oh no, your teeth, oh, there's, you have big gaps. You have big, um, oh, uh, what no. is it? Like big, big fissures, like, like your gums, they go really deep. Your gums are receding and that's because it's really dirty there and we, you need a deep clean. You have to have a deep clean and we need to inject like, like antibiotics or something what? like deep into your teeth or some kind of, it was like an antiviral or something. It was like a, an extra thing that was extra money. Right, of course. And she like frightened me. She's like, we need to get on this right now or you're going to lose all your teeth. <laughs> And then she said, are you using an electric toothbrush? And I was like, well, I was thinking about it, but I don't, you know, I haven't bought one yet. And they said, she said, okay, she does all this shit to my teeth. And then she says, okay, you need to use this electric toothbrush. And then she takes an electric toothbrush and puts it in my hand and said, you're going to buy this and then leaves. And, and so while I'm sitting there, I look up the electric toothbrush on the wire cutter and (laughs) the wire cutter says, this is a $250 electric toothbrush. Too much. There's no reason to own this. It has no advantages over a $30 electric toothbrush at all. So just get the $30 (laughs) one. And she comes back and I say, hey, so I'm not going to get this because the $30 one is just as good. And she says, no, 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 no. This is the one we recommend. Oh boy. And I say, no, I say, no, you're captive. I'm a captive. I'm sitting there with, with a, with a, uh, you know, a sheet on me. Right, of course. I'm tied up. I'm in a chair. My my legs are higher than my head. <laughs> There's you know? no escape. There's nowhere for me to even put it. I'm like, I, I won't be taking this. And I just sort of like f- toss it off to the side <laughs> onto the floor. Like, just, just, I'm sorry. I won't be getting this. So she's all right. And then I get up and I leave and I go to the front and the receptionist behind says, so I heard you're getting an electric toothbrush today. And I said, no, <laughs> I'm not From getting who? an electric toothbrush. And then they charge me, you know, they, they charge my insurance and then they say, okay, it's going to be an extra hundred dollars, um, for your, you know, for all the treatments you had today. So, all right, fine. I pay this. Um, and then I'm leaving and my girlfriend says to me, she's like, she was waiting for me, but as I'm leaving, she's like upset. She's like the dental, the hygienist told me that my teeth are, she got the same, she got the same speech. Yeah. Uh, that my teeth are in really bad shape and that I needed to get this injection of like antibacterial stuff, like a deep clean. And uh, and I was like, she said the same thing to me. And we last came here six months ago. They didn't tell us this shit. (laughs) So I'm like, you know what happened? They got a new dental hygienist who told the dentist, tell you what, I'm going to turn the whole business around. I'm going to, I've looked at your numbers. You're not doing well enough. Let me tell you something. I'll bring in my assistant. Here's what I do. I tell them their teeth are falling out of their heads. They need the special injection. They need the deep clean. I sell them a toothbrush. I will increase your revenue. And they said, hired. And they started telling people this. And and I literally was like, I still liked the dentist himself. Sure. I think he's a good dentist. But I, but I was like, I can't go he's, here anymore. Yeah, hired kind of a scam artist. I don't trust them anymore. Right. Because if I, what happens? I go in next time and they say, now that I now that they've broken the bond of trust because they've told me stuff. And by the way, I started going to a new dentist. Right. And the new dentist, when I went to them, they're like, yeah, your teeth look good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, have you been flossing? Good. You're doing fine. See you in six months. Um, so 
I'm like, I can't go to this old dentist because I don't trust them. Right. And what if I go in and they say, you need dental surgery or you need a cavity? I'm not going to believe them of that course. I need it to be done. Of course, it could be an absolute hoax. They've been lying to me. And so I can't have this with a dentist. And then here's the last part, okay? <laughs> so first of all, this is, if if your experience has anything like mine, you can question your dentist a little. And I don't tell people to to question their their medical professionals, but right. this is a case in a, which I think you do. A little healthy skepticism. A is little all, bit. Just a pinch. Or ask around. But then I realized they sent me, after I got back, they sent me another bill for $100. What was this for? This, I, this is what they did every time. I would go in and I would get the treatments and then they would say, okay, we're going to charge your insurance and then here's the copay, $70 to $100, right. right? And then I would get home and they would say, you know, a month later I'd get a bill and they would say, okay, well, we got this much from your insurance, but your insurance didn't pay us the last $100, so you owe us $100. And I used to pay it every single time. Right, just without thinking. Yeah. Uh, this time, because I decided, fuck this place, they're upcharging, mm -hmm. upselling me on everything, I'm not going to go there anymore. I replied and I said, I won't be paying this because you already charged my insurance and that's how much it's <laughs> worth. Like, I don't owe you any more money. Right. And they just never replied. And I realized, wow. I realized the whole time, <gasps> this, is just, this is just a dental office that has realized if they just ask people for $100, they'll usually pay it. That is chilling. They'll usually pay it. But- like, because the way it works is, um, the the way it works with medical billing in America's horrible health system is that the medical provider basically makes up numbers, right, for how much right, the services cost. Right. The insurer then says, I'm sorry, that's not how much this costs. This is how much we're going to pay you. And they haggle, they negotiate right, right. with the insurer. Um, in this case, this dentist is making a choice to say, hey, our made-up number, you still owe us that. You still owe us the extra $100. But, like, under what rules right. do I owe them this? I wasn't part of this negotiation. I paid them a copay, <laughs> right, as was, I was required to do by my right. by my insurance plan. I went it like, if they're, if they don't want to take my insurance, right, and want to make me pay out of pocket, they can insist, but they weren't doing that. They were just, uh, you know, offering me a bill, sending me a bill. So I, I realized, like, this is just a thing that people need to know about healthcare in America. Fucking haggle with them. Just when you get a bill, I need say, to, I'm such say, a bad haggler. Okay, I'm happy to say no. Yeah. And you might, and look, if it's a really serious thing, unlike a shitty dentist you're never going to see again, right. you might not win the, the negotiation. But like, if you just take the step of, arguing with them. And this is the main, this is the main thing people say when you go to the hospital. If you get a bill from the hospital, you have to ask them for an itemized bill because once you do that, that's them knowing, okay, this person's smart. Right. And we have to at least give them a real bill. And then you can look at the bill and the number will come back if you just ask for an itemized bill. It'll come down if you just ask for that. But wow, that's fascinating. It is. Uh, but then beyond that, you can haggle with them and say, I'm I'm not paying this. I can't pay this. Right. You know, what sort of financial assistance do you offer? There are people called medical billing advocates okay. who you can find if you, for instance, live in California, you can look up California medical billing advocates. And these are um, organizations that will uh, help you negotiate with a hospital um, by just being a sort of, you know, uh, your representative, right. you know, who knows how argument? it works, who knows how it works right. better than you do. Has done um, the, some of the, the books, some of them are nonprofits. Right. So, oh, that's a great um, service. It is a great service. It's really important. More people need, need to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's my uh, horrible story about you simply asking now, me if I use an electric toothbrush led to that entire story. I mean, and now just a mild counterpoint. You went to the, this dentist, had a fine time, went six months later, had this horrible time. Is there any chance in the in between you ate a lot of Halloween candy? <laughs> I I'm not ruling that out. Uh, I don't eat much candy to be honest. Okay. I eat ice cream, but not so much candy. And ice cream, you know, you don't eat that often. It's not as bad for you. Okay, well, 
Uh, I'll decide on. You think my, side you're I'm blaming on later. me? You think my teeth got worse? Uh, Again, I went to another dentist later. Look, I love a, I love a dental hygienist. <laughs> uh, usually, when pushed, I will side with the hygienist. So, not knowing this person and obviously admiring their salesmanship and kind of their bravado, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to pick a side here. <laughs> I'm happy for you and your journey away from this person who made you uncomfortable, but uh, I think that she— A leech! A leech! (laughs) Try to take my money for me. I mean, I recently—and this is probably the most boring story in the world, but I recently had a hygienist experience. I had made a playlist of songs, Mm -hmm. which uh, probably at 10 a.m. on, a let's say, a Wednesday morning, I decided to, to label it Vanishing Hygienist. (laughs) <laughs> Two hours later, I get a call from my dentist about my appointment that day, and they said, unfortunately, we have to cancel. The hygienist isn't coming in. Did I will that hygienist into wow. not coming in? Why did you call the playlist Vanishing Hygienist? It kind of had this fe- kind of a sleepy feel, and I kind of like almost fading out. I started thinking, oh, maybe like— Just, just like as an artistic combination collision it, of words randomly. I love a hygienist, and it, it kind of felt kind of dreamy and— uh, uh, like you had almost been administered something by a hygienist and they were fading away. Wow. And so, but then two hours later, my hygienist actually vanishes. What do, how two do we explain? Two hours after you make this playlist? How do we explain? I mean, I, I think you, uh, I, I think you have the gift of sight. I, I think you, I think you maybe have, uh, you know, I think you're a psychic. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Could be, could be. We don't know. Is there any other explanation? I mean, the other explanation is random chance and that coincidence has happened in everybody's lives. As a <laughs> no, matter no, of no. statistical certainty, <laughs> everyone will experience some coincidences in their lives that are seem almost impossible because of how many things happen to you. Eventually, you will experience a crazy coincidence. Could be that or it could be that you have ESP. I uh, tend to lean towards ESP. Okay. Uh And we'll just let the listener, of course, decide. Yeah. This has been very contentious for both of us. <laughs> And my hygienist. And so, I mean, the hygienist did end up coming the next day. I went to the uh, dental appointment and told me that they had had COVID. Oh. So the whole experience was, I have a lot of dental. Last year was a year of dental hell for me. This year, Oh, no, I'm so sorry. uh, You know, the dentist is a tricky medical procedure. You never quite know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, We love our dentists. But as you've demonstrated, uh, some dentists are... Not to be trusted. <laughs> Some hygienists, unfortunately, apparently can't be trusted, although I do side with you hygienists. I, uh, we, I Hopefully you have a union. I'm happy to speak. <laughs> I'm happy to come in and uh, meet with you people and talk through this. But, okay, I have my electric bidet. Yeah. Which could probably also right double toothbrush. as a uh, water pick. <laughs> so Only if you only use it for that purpose. The first time <laughs> you use it as a bidet, don't then try to repurpose it later as a water pick, would be my advice. Look, I'm not going to be told what to do with my electric <laughs> That's bidet. That's true. I'm sorry. It's yours. <laughs> it's my life. It's my bidet. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Once so. it passes from my hands into yours, you can use it whatever you want. I've been given this kind of sacred power, and we'll see what I do with it. Uh, we'll see how responsible I am. But... I think it's time to play a game. Oh, let's play a game. Let's play a game called Gift or a Curse. Okay. I need a number between one and ten from you. Nine. Okay, I have to do some light calculating to get our game pieces. In the meantime, you can recommend something. You can promote something. You have the mic. Do whatever you want. Well, I hope folks will check out my new show on Netflix. It's called The G Word. It's an educational comedy show about 
the government and how it affects our lives, both good and bad. It's uh, very funny and weird. I do a bunch of crazy shit like fly into a hurricane with the Air Force's hurricane hunters, and I go to a uh, meat processing plant to see how meat is inspected by the USDA, and uh, former President Obama is in it, and we highlight a lot of uh, crazy shit. And if you have liked any of my weird, uh, irritating facts uh, that I've delivered to you on this podcast today, you might uh, enjoy that show. It's called The G Word. It's on Netflix now. And I also do a podcast of my own called Factually, where I interview a different amazing expert uh, from around the world of, of human knowledge every single episode. That podcast is called Factually. How does Obama smell? <laughs> Scentless. Scentless. That makes sense, actually. Absolutely no scent whatsoever. Uh, right. You, a dog would not even notice if he entered the Like room. a new iPhone or something. <laughs> that makes that actually makes perfect sense to me. I don't even wa- know why I asked. I knew the answer before I asked it. Okay, this is how we play gift or a curse. I'm going to name three things. Okay. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. And then I'm going to tell you if you're right or wrong because there yeah. are correct answers here. Okay. Okay, number one, these are all listener suggestions. The first one is from someone named Mackenzie. Gift or a curse... Sitting and talking at the table after you've already paid your bill. Oh, curse. At a restaurant, I assume. Yes. Is what this is referring to. Um, probably not a hospital. I, <laughs> I, I believe it's a curse. Um, you, first of all, if you want to sit and talk longer, you can, that's where you order coffee or dessert. There's a right. part of the restaurant for this. First of all, it's a curse for the people who work at the restaurant, they need to turn those tables over. Right. You're interfering with their ability to make a living at the restaurant. Um, now, there's there's a grace period. Sure. You know, there's like 10 Three minutes. or four hours. <laughs> but also, you know, you've already been sitting at this restaurant for like 90 minutes at this point. Get up, If you want to keep hanging out, get up and go for a walk. Go get ice cream. You know, that's what I think. So it's a curse. Perfect. Of course. Good. I mean, I mean, oh. not only for those reasons, and as a former waiter, I know that pain very well. It's like, get out of here. The money, yeah. the exchange is over, and I need to get those dishes off the table. Yeah. I need to get this moving. Also, as a, a, a diner, I'm so nervous after we've paid the money and the meal is over. Yeah, 10 minutes, I'm happy to sit there. But yeah. I'm so anxious to exit the restaurant at that point. Yeah. I feel like I'm now an intruder in other people's space. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's an absolute curse. If you enjoy the company of these people, yeah, the, do what else. The last thing is you're also ruining the social script. We all know we're at the restaurant. We know what the next step is. The, <laughs> the bill came, you paid the bill, and then eventually, you know, you got a little grace period, then someone says, well, shall we? And yes. then you all get up. And you go, someone uses the bathroom. There's like a whole script here. If you don't do this, if you unilaterally decide, I like sitting and talking after the bill has come, you're putting everyone at the table with you in an awkward position of going like, why is, why is nobody why is nobody standing up? Part what, of me is are, already in the parking leave? lot. I'm no longer com- fully engaged in the conversation. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I can't quite dial yeah. into the conversation. I'm with you. got to get out. I, I'm, I don't even like dessert at restaurants. I don't either. I like to eat a dessert on an, in another location. Exactly. Shake my hand. <laughs> um, I, exactly right. Because the desserts in restaurants are almost always terrible. Yeah. Because they're not— these It's are an not, afterthought. These are not dessert kitchens. Yes. The, what are they going to give you? Molten lava cake, creme brulee. <laughs> We've had it. It's not that good. <laughs> Neither of those are that good. Sorbet— <laughs> Fine, whatever. They they have it. They bought they bought it in bulk in the back and sitting in the freezer. <laughs> like what the fuck? Go walk, 
and go get ice cream. Yes. I've go mentioned ice cream a bunch but, on this podcast. <laughs> well, I love it's a ice delicious cream. thing to eat. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it mixes up the evening. You've already enjoyed the space. I don't need to extend the restaurant yeah. experience. I already had the main thing. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. And also, I know I'm going to be spending money elsewhere, but when we're multiplying the money on the current ticket, it's too much. Yeah. But I'm like, let's go spend money on another location. Yeah. Or go to a bar if you prefer. I don't yeah. drink anymore, but you know, when I did, it's like, that's a very natural right. There's thing. a nice little chat spot. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've gotten one out of one. Excellent. Uh, number two, this is from someone named GK. Those are some mysterious initials. Uh, gift or a curse, trial subscriptions. Trial subscriptions is just anything in general. Like to whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. Trial they're, subscription they're to a, a magazine. A- they're a curse. They're designed to suck you in and, you know, get you. Now, look, there's a very rare type of trial subscription, which I'm fine with. And that's a trial subscription that does not ask for any payment information. Oh, um, very rare. But that's very rare. Most of them will ask you for your credit card because all they're doing is they're just going to charge you, you know, they're going to charge you once later. It's it's a way for them to get your uh, credit card information. You're not right. going to remember to unsubscribe. Um, and even if you did, it's like a lot of work. A lot of places will make you like call them on the phone. There's no way to unsubscribe on the website. You have to call them on the phone and then they say, why do you want to unsubscribe? Right? And you have to have a whole fucking conversation with them. So it's not that I've never taken advantage of a trial subscription. Certainly there's been a couple instances where I'm like, yes, okay. I'm. Uh, it get, helps get me over the hump. I was thinking about subscribing, but you know what? It's just a trial, et cetera. But this is, not a, this is not a freebie. Right. Oh, Adam. They're a gift. It's a, absolutely a gift. Of course. You're going to argue with me on this Look, we have to be very one? careful. You have to be very careful. It, but it's a challenge to the subscriber. You're, yeah. a, you're about to get a week of free something, but you have, to, you have to rise to the challenge. You have to set a reminder on your phone. You have to send yourself an email that you leave unopened yeah. until you've canceled the subscription. We've all got to do the trial subscriptions, but we've got to be better about canceling. But also, there is kind of a a little bit of a thrill, a little bit of danger to thinking, oh, I might be charged seven ninety nine in a month. Uh, there's see, a- see, I disagree with you fundamentally. I think that uh, I don't think it should be on the individual because I think trial subscriptions are taking advantage of a flaw in human psychology that we are born with and can never escape, which is that we are bad at thinking <laughs> about the future and about remembering to do these things. And and so what they're trying to set up is just a system by which money can be silently siphoned away out of our accounts. Why is every why is literally every single service turning into a subscription? Right? Oh, that e- everything I mean we will eventually be renting every single object in our lives. Right. And that's because that what it does is it removes for the seller the pain point of you having to give them money. When right. you when you have to decide to give them money, you're like, I don't want to. But if you just make the dis- decision, I'll just sign up for a trial membership. It's not costing me anything now. Then when the money starts coming out of your account, you don't even notice. And so it, this is like saying, you know, uh, slot machines at the casino. Uh, that's on that's on you to figure out when to stop doing it. No, these are designed to be addictive. Right? Right. They're designed right. to steal money from you right. and trick you by exploiting human psychology. And that's what the trial subscriptions do too. Now, I don't think either of them should be like illegal, but they are uh, shitty. Interesting. I mean, look, beautifully argued. Uh, <laughs> not getting the point. Thank you, Bridget. I... Uh, We've got to be careful with the trial subscriptions, of course, but we have to rise to the challenge to rip these corporations off, Mm -hmm. sign up for it, and then just cancel immediately. A lot of these will just then allow you to have the full week free of charge. Mm -hmm. But you've got to outsmart the system. And uh, so for those reasons, a gift, an absolute gift, a perfect gift. 
So you've gotten one out of two. You've got a final chance here. Mariah. Mariah has written in, gift or a curse, leaf blowers. Oh, these are a curse. <laughs> oh, you, you, Why? You, you won't possibly, you're not going to sit here and claim to me that a leaf blower is a gift. Well, oh. we'll see. Let's... Oh, you've fallen into <laughs> such a trap now, if that's what you think. Uh, so first of all, let's just all agree <laughs> that leaves do not need to be blown. We have these things called rakes. They work great. And leave, blowing the leaf, this doesn't solve your problem. The leaf is still around. It's going to blow right back to where it was. If you were <laughs> now, for instance, to suck a leaf, a leaf vacuum, that would remove the leaf if you're really worried about getting rid of the leaves. But also, leaf blowers are the noisiest thing <laughs> ever made. And they do, le- they're noisier than a lawnmower and they do less, right? right. Uh, you, uh, you, here you are in Highland Park, right? I'm sure that many an afternoon has been ruined for you on a weekend by a leaf blower. And here's the capper. Ready? Are you ready for this? I'm, Are you I'm, ready? Well, we'll see. The engine that, a, that is used by leaf blowers right. is like a small single cylinder engine. It's one of the most inefficient engines <laughs> that is used in any combustion device. They burn gasoline. Right, of they, course. They take gasoline and they burn it in such an inefficient way that they create an incredible amount of greenhouse gases and pollutants um, when it's completely unnecessary for them to do so. Again, to do this thing that nobody really needs to have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's actually, uh, I think pretty soon, California should be passing a law that will ban the sale of new ones because there are actually now electric leaf blowers that should work just as well. And those right. I don't really have a problem with because it's just electricity. Right, you know? right. Um, but People are like, going to be traveling to Canada to get their leaf blowers. <laughs> I need a toilet and a leaf blower. I'll be back in 38 hours. These gasoline-powered leaf blowers are a curse to everyone. They ruin everything for everybody. Um, and they're unnecessary. And uh, and a lot of them are very old because they you know people, people keep using you them for a long time. buy one in 1978. And- yeah. And people also don't like, look, 90% of the time, a leaf blower is not being used by a person who actually owns the home right. who says, I want my leaves to be blown. <laughs> Right, they're instead being used by this person as some rich fuck. Right, Right. they've just hired some landscaper Mm -hmm. maintenance person to come by, and that person is just doing it because I don't give a shit. I don't live here. I don't care about the noise. You know, (laughs) this is just like part of what I do. (laughs) And so this is being done senselessly. If we were to literally confiscate every gasoline-powered leaf blower in the state of California, first of all, no one would notice for a month, except for the people who are you know, doing the work who sure, we should be sure. compensating, making sure they don't lose any income. But I don't blame the worker. I blame the, I blame the machine. The but, but first of all, our lives would be no worse if we weren't blowing these leaves around. And secondly, we would all be breathing much cleaner and we would have much more restful Sunday afternoons <laughs> where we could just relax in our backyards and listen to a little music on the Bluetooth speaker and not have it, have it be overpowered by... <laughs> Why are we allowing this in the first place? This is my absolutely a curse. I defy you <laughs> to argue that it's a gift. Adam, you're not going to have any pushback from me. Oh, I hate, <laughs> of course I hate, I can't. In what way could I honestly stand up for a leaf blower? I mean, I do like the, the idea of an electric leaf blower, like a sleek, silent thing that's blowing things around sure. my yard. Uh, I, I haven't seen one. I, I'm not aware of how I would even procure one. Or a leaf sucker. That's an interesting, a giant vacuum. Yeah, a shop vac. Yeah, a shop vac, but then you're cleaning it out. Yeah. And get the rake. 
Get a rake. Get the pile of leaves. Yeah. Then you get the fun of the fall, old-fashioned fun. The kids will come around and jump in the leaf pile. Right. What's you fun? get to own a rake. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting-looking object yeah. that can kind of fall over you while you're, like, going through the garage. <laughs> uh, Who doesn't love that I experience? Hate. I absolutely despise the sound, the smell, the concept. I thought we were hearing one right now. That's we're a hearing plane. a plane, which is yeah. probably quieter than a leaf blower. Yeah. So, I mean, I do feel slightly bad. Uh, kind of talking about leaf blowers in this way, and none have interrupted this podcast. Yet we've had a fire truck, we've had an ambulance, we've had multiple helicopters and a plane, and we're throwing all of this shame on the leaf blower. But that's because it's a horrible object. It's a curse. You got two out of three. Not bad. Thank you. Excellently played. Thank you. Um, it's time for the final segment of the podcast. I said no emails. People are writing into I said no gifts at gmail.com. Desperate. Every one of my listeners is a desperate uh, kind of, they're just scratching at me to get answers. And uh, so I do it politely. I get into it. They have problems. Will you help me answer a question? Yeah, of course. Okay. So this says, did I say they're writing into I said no gifts at gmail.com? It doesn't matter. Hello, Bridger and guest. I have been placed on the Wellness Month Committee for my company. I am responsible for coming up with a company-wide gift to give everyone. The gift should be relatively affordable since we're buying like 50 of them. And of course, something everyone would like, a gift universally beloved. Last year, we everyone got a Yeti Tumblr. Help! What should I get every single person in my company this year? Your help would be greatly appreciated. Sincerely, CK. Oh, interesting that we've had a GK and a CK. We've got a... Uh, these initials happening all over the podcast at this point. Okay, so this person needs 50 things for the mm-hmm. Wellness Month Committee. I don't know what Wellness Month even is. So does it need to be a wellness-related gift? I mean, the example given, a Yeti tumbler, which I guess keeps you hydrated. Yeah. But not explicitly a helpful thing. So, I mean, right off the bat, cigarettes. That's, <laughs> that's on the table. Um, everybody gets $50 worth of cigarettes. What is that, a pack? Mm. Uh, I don't know how much a cigarette costs at this point. Um, so that's one thing. That's a carton. Fifty dollars to get you. That's a carton. A carton. Okay, so there, there you go, CK. Uh, wrap those up and give them out. I mean, if you need something a little more helpful, what do we give them? Well, first of all, I'm a big fan, and what I try to get people in my own life a lot now. I'm a big fan of food gifts because food gifts are everybody loves them. You know, if you get the right food, right, uh, and they don't go to waste. So I have, you know, water containers are one that you might think is popular. Right. But I have so many swag water containers. I mean. I have Nalgene's. I have Swell bottles. I have so many of them. And I, ha- I already have one that I use every day. Yeah, you kind of get used to one. Yeah. And you don't need to branch out. Yeah. And so I, I think that that can end up creating a lot of waste. Like Yeti tumblers, those are nice. I, Yeti is like sort of a high-end company. Right, right. And so those are probably, and I'm thinking tumbler they're probably talking about one of those like large coffee tumblers. Right. I'm picturing everyone at this company driving to work in the morning with the coffee and their yeah. Yeti tumbler and they're happy. But I've but I've received myself two or three coffee tumblers and I'm like, I, I use a thermos. Like I, I use a right. Japanese Zojirushi Ooh, thermos. This sounds uh, fancy. I'm really into Japanese. Have you we got right. the Toto, Toto. Bidet. It's a it's a really nice sort of it's got like a clasp it 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 never spills you can like throw it up in the air and it'll, it won't spill it keeps everything hot or cold forever it's really great for my commute uh, I'm a bus and and train commuter so it's really good for that and how much so, did it cost um, these things cost like twenty bucks okay um, but so the kind that's more of a car cup right. uh, is not useful to me the kind you might have in a car next right to you. so so anything like that's an object if you're buying for fifty people. 
you're some of that's going to go to waste, right? And so somebody's if, not going to be happy with their yeah. gift. But if you can find a good if you can find a good food gift that everyone will like, so it can't be booze, right? right. Because some can't people don't be, drink. Uh, an allergen. Yeah, I mean, you you might want to avoid wheat, but for instance, something that might be nice would be uh, some nice dark chocolate. If there's Ooh. a dark chocolate gift box, everybody loves chocolate. Right. If they don't, they know someone else who loves chocolate. That chocolate is getting eaten no matter what. By somebody. Yeah, by somebody. Neighborhood dog. Yeah. Another one that I like to get people is there's a there's a pineapple company called Maui Gold. Okay. But so these are these Maui are like Gold? Maui Gold. These are like special pineapples. And it's like $40 to get a pineapple shipped to somebody, which is expensive. Single pineapple. It's a single pineapple. But it's like supposedly, I've never actually had one, but everyone I've gotten one for says, that's the best pineapple I've ever had. And it's so it's it creates delight right. in someone. It's a great gift to give someone who you might have a business relationship with and you want to get them something around the holidays, but you don't want to think too much about them. Get them a pineapple. A pineapple right? is a beautiful kind of almost retro yeah. gift to get. Exactly. Suddenly it, I'm Don Draper opening it in my yeah. office. and Exactly. And it takes the place of, say, a bottle of wine, but I don't, again, I don't drink, so right. I don't get people bottles of wine because right. I'm attuned to the fact that not everybody drinks. Um, so there's that. Here's my other suggestion, in addition to a food gift, is there are companies that will sell you charity gift cards. Oh, And so these I are like gift this. cards that you can use to... Uh, you know, you give someone a gift, a charity gift card for $50, then they go on the website and then they choose where the $50 goes. Right. So, you know, they can, and there's a company called Tisbest, T-I-S-B-E-S-T dot org. Tisbest dot org. right. And they will send you, you, I believe you can do like a bulk order if you want to get 50 $50 gift cards. You can right. do that. Or you can do it via email and say, I want to email people the gift cards. And then they receive the gift card. They go online and they enter the code just like for an Amazon gift card, but they do it on that website. And then they can choose, to, you know, among like a couple hundred different charities which they want to go to. That's so a lovely gift. That's really nice because it I lets mean, them choose the charity. Right. And here's, now um, let's go a little cynical. I believe you as the company might get a write-off okay, for this gift. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but, Dodging taxes. But it's really good to, uh, it, it's it, if the gesture is more important than the gift itself um, and you want to give people, you know, some people might say, ah, oh, fuck you. I wanted something real. But, I can foresee that happening. But also certainly. a lot of people, I'm someone when I get a gift, I say, I don't need this crap. Don't give me shit to throw away. Well, so the charity the right gift person. card, the charity gift card disposes the, of the social obligation while allowing you to do something that everyone will think is a good thing to do. That's a beautiful gift. And now how about a haircut? <laughs> 50, you bring in a barber. A $50 yeah. haircut is, yeah. is a decent haircut. I yeah. mean, for some of your coworkers, it may be a worse haircut. For a lot of them, it might be a better haircut. Mm. You bring in, and suddenly everyone in the company is looking brand new. Yeah. Uh, and there's also, uh, you know, the, they see this person setting up. They're like, oh, they got us massage. It's great. <laughs> and then suddenly everyone is forced to get a $50 haircut, which is not a bad haircut. Again, that's more than I'll pay on a haircut. But I'm sure for a lot of people, less than. So you're going to have an interesting-looking new group of coworkers. Yeah. Some will be like, I got a, the worst haircut of my life. Others yeah. will be like, I'm a new person. Yeah. And it's going to create a new dynamic within the company that will make Wellness Month so exciting. I think that's great. And that's much funnier than any of my suggestions. Well, the CK has gotten so many, I mean, from cigarettes to charities to haircuts. <laughs> uh, this company is in for the right of its life. I think so. CK, take that information. Do with it what you will. Uh, I think CK stands for Cookie King. Cookie King. <laughs> the Cookie King is written in his, uh, his majesty. 
uh, is trying to get his company something. He's been giving away cookies, and he's finally got to do something else. Uh, Cookie King. Not my own joke. Uh, <laughs> Cookie King, take the information and enjoy. Adam, I now am the owner of an electric bidet. Yeah, horrible uh, electric. I never bidet. knew, never thought it would happen to me. Uh, but here we are. I'm a new person. I, this could really change my life in yeah. a variety of ways. Yeah. I've had a wonderful time with you here I've today. Had a great it's been time so educational. It's been delightful. And listener, you've had the perfect time. I won't hear anything else about it. Uh, you've had such a great time listening to the podcast today. Uh, I'm sorry to start it out with a little gore, but we're all adults. Well, maybe it, we're all ages. We're all learning. We're all trying, and hopefully the, my bird story will uh, do something for you. And hopefully you can forget it and move on with your day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. This is the end of the podcast. I love you. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced by our dear friend Annalise Nelson, and it's beautifully mixed by John Bradley. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the gifts? But I invited you here. Thought I made myself perfectly clear. When you're a guest in my home. Follow I Said No Gifts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really don't care. Just don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It's the least you can do. It really is. It's the bare minimum. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Said No Gifts merch. What a wonderful way to support the show. Support the show!